Hello, welcome to episode three of Government Girl. I'm your host, local friendly government teacher, Kelly Stalker. Today I'm gonna talk about executive orders. We've seen a lot of them lately, and I wanna talk about when they are okay, meaning within the constitutional powers of the president, and when they may not be. Let's start with some history. According to the American Presidency Project, for the first 50 years or so, most of our presidents passed between one and a dozen executive orders. Then we start to see a steady increase into the hundreds, eventually peaking with FDR at the height of the New Deal. FDR passed nearly 4,000 executive orders. Of those, only five were overturned by the Supreme Court as being outside the powers of the presidency. Still, FDR was so peeved about this that he launched his court packing scheme in an effort to put enough friendly faces on the Supreme Court to not challenge his New Deal programs. But that's a different story. After FDR, use of executive orders declines and levels off in the hundreds, with most presidents passing between 100 and 300 executive orders. More recently, George W. Bush, a Republican who served eight years, passed 291 executive orders. President Obama, a Democrat that also served eight years, passed 276 executive orders. President Trump, a Republican who served four years, uh, passed 220 executive orders. And now President Biden is sitting at around 30 executive orders in the first three weeks of his presidency. Again, these numbers are brought to us courtesy of the American Presidency Project. So in general, executive orders are pretty evenly distributed amongst Republicans and Democrats, and we are nowhere near the peak that we saw in the era of FDR. But yet people continue to gripe about how presidents using executive orders too much might exceed their authority. So what's up with that? Well, some of it is due to predictable partisan bickering. If my guy does it, it's fine. If not my guy does it, then he's a tyrant. But it also turns out that it's not always about the number of executive orders passed, but rather what the executive orders themselves do. Passing so many executive orders right away has put President Biden under scrutiny for abusing his powers. His response, I'm not making new law, I'm erasing bad policy. And that really sums up well when executive orders should and shouldn't be used. To gain a better understanding of the executive order versus legislation, let's take a quick look at the Constitution. Article 1 tells us that Congress passes laws. More specifically, the expressed powers of Congress are spelled out in 18 clauses in Article 1, Section 8. Clause 18 says Congress can do anything necessary and proper to carry out the previously mentioned 17 powers. We sometimes call this the elastic clause because it stretches the powers of Congress. These clauses spell out specifically what kinds of laws Congress can pass. So the Constitution is pretty clear that the power to make new laws lies with the legislative branch. So where does the president come in? Well, the president has the power to sign or veto laws. The president also has his own legislative agenda. He will work closely with Congress to achieve this legislative agenda, but 
What if he's not getting anywhere in Congress? What if both houses are controlled by the other party? What if they aren't friendly to the president's agenda? Is it okay for the president to bypass Congress and use the executive order to advance his legislative agenda? Well, the short answer to that is no. That's why President Biden said, I'm not making new law. The Constitution is clear about who has the legislative powers, and executive orders should not be used to make new laws by sidestepping a stubborn Congress. So what if they do it anyway? Presidents have and will continue to push the limits of the executive order. Executive orders can be challenged in the Supreme Court, and if a president has exceeded his authority, the Supreme Court can rule them unconstitutional. Here's the tricky thing, though. The Supreme Court cannot enforce their rulings. They have no enforcement arm. For example, Andrew Jackson's Indian Removal Act was ruled unconstitutional, but he went forward with it anyway. And it was so popular at the time that neither Congress nor the people checked Jackson's power. Okay, so if the president shouldn't use executive orders to make new laws, when can he use them? What does the Constitution say about that? Remember the elastic clause I mentioned from Article 1? That's kind of how I think of the executive order. The Constitution does not specifically mention executive orders, but executive orders can be used to carry out uh, powers that the president already has. It kind of stretches the president's power. Keep in mind, it stretches the power. It doesn't give unlimited power. Article 2, Section 2 gives the president the role of commander-in-chief. It gives him the power to grant pardons. And in conjunction with the Senate, it gives him the power to pass treaties, appoint cabinet members, ambassadors, and federal judges. He shall take care that all laws be faithfully executed. Executive orders must be connected to one of these powers. Most often, they are used to faithfully execute the law. This is what Biden meant in the second part of his statement, I'm eliminating bad policy. The key word here is policy. Policy basically refers to the logistics involved in carrying out laws. So the legislative branch passes the laws and then the executive branch figures out how to carry them out. That's basically all of those executive agencies like the EPA uh, what they exist for. But the president himself can also help create policy directly through the executive order. Understanding when executive orders are appropriate is understanding the difference between passing a law and creating the policies that carry out those laws. Generally speaking, executive orders should not be used to create new laws, but are appropriate for creating new policies. Executive orders also should not contradict existing law. When executive orders are used inappropriately in these ways, Congress can check that power by passing new laws that effectively nullify the executive order. When Biden said, I'm not making new law, I'm eliminating bad policy, he was indicating that he felt he was not using the, exec the executive order inappropriately and is not intending to step on the toes of Congress's power. 
And in fact, many of the executive orders he passed have been to undo one of Trump's executive orders. It either eliminates a Trump-era policy, like the trans ban in the military, or puts a policy back in place that Trump used an executive order to repeal, like certain environmental protections. See, that's the other major difference between a law and an executive order. Laws are much harder to get rid of than executive orders. If a president really wants something to stick, he will get it passed through the legislative branch. Otherwise, the policy can be pretty easily undone once a new president is in office. This is why people say elections have consequences. Um, there's a difference between saying, I don't like that policy and the president executing that policy is unconstitutional. So I urge you to take the time, whether you are a Biden supporter or maybe not so much, to go through all of his recent executive orders and decide for yourself if they pass the test. Does the executive order make new law or does it execute policy? We have to get away from this mentality that if my guy does it, he's working within his constitutional powers. And if he's not my guy, then everything he does is tyrannical. Conspiracy theories and blanket statements like that are lazy. They weaken our democracy, and we need to stop doing it. Take the time to look at each individual action and apply the knowledge you have about the Constitution and how things work to decide if the president is acting appropriately. And if you think that maybe he's not acting appropriately, there's good news. We have checks in place for that. We have the Congress. We have the Supreme Court. We have the media to alert us to these things. And ultimately, we have our voters. And if you don't trust our institutions, if you don't trust the media, that's fine. Trust yourself. The best way to do that is to be informed, to pay attention, to put in the time necessary to be an informed citizen. I know it takes time. I'm sure the last thing that you want to do is sit down and look at all 30 executive orders and, you know, read through them. But it's necessary. It is necessary to have an informed citizenry in order to have a strong democracy. If you want to talk about patriotism, if you want to talk about duty to your country, this is it. Put the time in to be an engaged citizen. That's what duty to your country is. Okay, that concludes the preachy portion of this podcast. Um, if you have any questions about this episode, anything about executive orders I didn't cover, or an idea for a different episode, please tweet me at govgirl614. That's G-O-V-G-I-R-L 614. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Government Girl, fighting bad information one episode at a time.